Welcome back, everybody, to the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jerry, the Fantasy Football Know-It-All. You can find me on Twitter, at FFKnowItAll. I hope you all had an amazing weekend. Week 4 presented some new challenges as COVID-19 had everybody scrambling for some last-minute replacements with the Steeler-Titan game being uh, postponed and subsequently moved to Week 8. And then we had the news that Cam Newton of the Patriots also tested positive for the illness and or for the virus. And while the... NFL was steadfast in that they were not moving the Chiefs game with the Patriots and they were going to play it no matter what this weekend. You still had to have some pause if you had some of these players. Now, obviously, Cam was ruled out, but there were a lot of other players on both sides of the ball, and the Chiefs obviously are very well represented in the uh, fantasy community. It does look like, as as we're recording this late on a Monday afternoon, it looks like the game will be played tonight as part of a doubleheader uh, Monday night football uh, game. So that'll be that'll be good to see. So and we'll cover that game, of course, on Thursday. So for the moment, it looks like the NFL is cruising along towards Week Five. And then we'll start with some bye weeks, and then we'll get into some interesting um, strategies that are involved in that, along with the COVID and everything else. So we're going to touch on some injuries from this week's action in a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about another podcast that I personally listen to. It is called The Morning Smoke CLT. Join my man G as he covers a vast array of topics that are not only near and dear to his own heart, but that we can all relate to in one way or another. If you're like me and you enjoy relaxing with a beverage or perhaps a fine cigar, then the Morning Smoke CLT is for you. Trust me, friends, you will not want to miss it. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere that podcasts can be found. Once again, it's the Morning Smoke CLT. You can follow G on Instagram at the Morning Smoke Charlotte. So make sure you give the show a listen, guys. You will not regret it. Now on to the injuries. We'll start out in L.A. with Austin Eckler, who left the game against Tampa Bay with an apparent knee injury. Now, it looks serious from the moment that it happened, and all indications are he's going to miss multiple weeks. Uh, we still don't know, as of me recording this, exactly what it is, but it's thought to be, at the very minimum, a hyperextended knee with a hamstring injury along with it. The expectation is Eckler will miss multiple weeks. We will talk about how to pivot from that after. Clearly, most people have Joshua Kelly. But Justin Jackson, the forgotten man, we'll talk about him later. This could be a a door that opens here, especially if you need some running back help. Now, Nick Chubb was forced out of the first quarter of the Browns game against the Cowboys yesterday. And while it, it looked serious, he did get up and limp off the field without too much assistance. So there was some speculation surrounding that. However... The MRI has determined that he suffered an MCL injury, and he's expected to uh, miss several weeks. In fact, as of recording this, the uh, the Browns have already put him on IR, so he's going to be out at least four weeks at this point. 
it's it could be six to eight weeks depending. Now we all know Kareem Hunt, but there is another guy that I'll talk about after that is a, 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 should be on your um, on your waiver radar as well. And the third injury I want to talk about today. Now, of course. As the week goes on, there'll be more injury developments, and we will do an in-depth as we do every Friday. But Kenyon Drake got injured uh, in the fourth quarter of the game against the Carolina Panthers, and he was on the turf for quite a while. Then he did get up and jog off. So all indications are this isn't a very serious injury, and Arizona's listing it as a chest injury but there's no news coming from Cliff Kingsbury or anybody in Arizona as to the severity, whether Drake may miss time, no speculation whatsoever. However, Drake's performance to this point, regardless of injury, lends itself to Chase Edmonds being an interesting person this week. Now, he is rostered in a lot of of spots, so that's something to keep an eye on, but Chase Edmonds is another person that we'll talk about after, but Kenyon Drake, as of right now, we do not know the extent of his injury. We'll just have to wait and see. On to the studs and duds in this week's action, and we'll start with none other than Joe Mixon running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. Weeks 1 through 3, Mixon totaled a combined 164 rushing yards and zero touchdowns. That's below pedestrian. That's almost cuttable level. And we discussed this last week on Friday when I told you guys not to panic, that Mixon will get his opportunities. I didn't foresee week four coming at all, mind you. Um, I struggled to get him in my top 10 when I was listing running backs. Now, I did put him in there. I had him at number 10 on in the rankings, but I struggled to do so. In week four, he garnered 151 yards and three touchdowns. Last year, as we all well know, he started off very slow for the first half of the season into the bye. Then he came off the bye, and he finished in the top five for the last six games of 2019. And in fact, I think he was number three overall if I had if I looked at the stats correctly for the last six games or so. So he know he's known for finishing strong. Last year he had the injury and a few other things going on, but we also have a brand new offense here, led by a brand new quarterback, a rookie quarterback. They need to develop chemistry between them, and you you have coaching staff is all new. You have everybody's new here, so you have to give this a little bit of time to gel. I think three weeks going into week four, I think it's gelling, guys. And uh, Mixon, he may not do this every week, but he is absolutely too talented not to have broken out at some point over the next few games. It just so happened it was this week. And, you know, the Bengals now that they won their first game, pretty much on Mixon's shoulders. I mean, T. Higgins had something to say about that, and so did Joe Burrow. But... It's looking like the uh, the core of this team is starting to get established. I just mentioned the three guys that I feel are going to bring the Bengals up to the next level and beyond that, I guess. So I do expect more of these type of performances moving forward. Again, I don't know about the three touchdowns and the 150 yards every week, but it's not out of the realm of possibility as he is the unquestioned three-down workhorse in this offense. George Kittle is back, everybody. Not that we thought he was going to go anywhere, and once he was healthy, we knew he was going to perform. That's what he does. He is so athletic and so good with the ball in his hands. Um, We all know that he ranks 
among the top two in the tight end landscape. Maybe second to Travis Kelsey, but I think it's a 1A, 1B situation if you really want to know my feelings on it. Um, Kittle is obviously a must-start every week. We're not going to spend too much time talking about it, but it needs to be said. 15 catches, 183 yards, and a touchdown. Those numbers are insane from a... From anybody's perspective, that's a lot of points. From a tight end perspective, if you were able to have that on your team, you did extremely, extremely well. I have Kittle in one of my leagues, and I was projected to lose before the 49er game. Now I'm up, and I can't lose, and I I still have a player going tonight. So that's how much it changed my game uh, in one of my leagues. Odell Beckham Jr., well, we, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and he finally had that type of game. I mean, it was getting to the point where fantasy owners were seriously considering benching the talented wide receiver. I, I mean, I couldn't blame them. We talked about this last week when I went over starts and sits. I would never say cut him, but he wasn't somebody that I was really gung-ho about starting. Well, he proved me wrong. He proved everybody wrong, but he, he, he really had a great game, and and we'll talk more in a minute about how this has nothing to do with really the Browns or Baker Mayfield. This was all his doing, right place, right time, and you know, throwing in a rushing touchdown, which we'll also talk about in a minute. Um, his situation mirrors that of Joe Mixon, as he was also a ghost for the first three games. Yeah, he had one game in there where he was relevant, and he did pretty well, but not to the degree that we're expecting from Odell Beckham Jr. In week four, though... Here he comes, five passes, 81 yards, a pair of touchdowns in the air. And I mentioned just a second ago, he did have two rushes for 74 yards and a rushing touchdown. Yeah, because we all saw that coming <laughs> and on, on this team. So while this production is promising, as I, I mentioned, if you're the Beckham owner, it is great to see, and you should see some more games, not necessarily to this magnitude, but you will see more games from him in which he does give you numbers. I would I would temper the expectations on a weekly basis because let's take, take a look back. I mentioned Baker Mayfield. I want to take a step back and kind of outline this for you. Mayfield completed 19 passes, that's it, for 165 yards, and and the Browns put up 50 points. Think about that. 19 passes. This is a run-first team. Oh, but they lost Nick Chubb. Okay, well, they have Kareem Hunt. And another guy we'll talk about in a couple of minutes as well, this is a run-first team. If they if they don't do that, they're not going to be successful. You can't rely on Baker Mayfield to win you games. He is fine. He is an Alex Smith-type quarterback. He will not necessarily lose you games if you play the right way. But this isn't about Mayfield. This is more about Odell Beckham Jr. Beckham Jr. is fine as a wide receiver, too. He is not anything more than that. So just don't get all falling in love with this performance because... This was more or as much a product of a non-existent Dallas defense that's been lit up by Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan, among others. So just temper expectations is all I'm saying. Speaking of the Cowboys, on the offensive side of the ball, there are a couple of players that absolutely need mention. And Amari Cooper is the first one I want to talk about. He is becoming and quietly becoming one of the most consistent uh, wide receivers in all of fantasy. His numbers aren't eye-popping at all. 
He doesn't give you the 40-point games that some of these other players are giving you, but he continues to be the most targeted option in an offense that is throwing the ball 60 times a game. That That's an unbelievable number. And the defense in Dallas, as I mentioned uh, with the Browns, is not stopping anybody anyway. So you're going to expect Dak Prescott to continue to find Cooper several times each week. He's going to be heavily targeted. He he has good hands and can get the ball done and get the job done with the ball in his hands. So consistency is the name of the game in fantasy football, everybody. So this is something that if you have Cooper on your team, he is locked and loaded and a, a, a wide receiver one every single week. Now let's talk about Dak Prescott as well. We all know what he's been doing um, this season. He's throwing the ball at a historic pace, as I just mentioned. This past week, 41 of 58 for 502 yards and four scores in the loss to Cleveland. Now, again, I mentioned this with Cooper a little bit, and I also mentioned this with the Browns, so it's a, it's an overlying theme here is how bad Dallas's defense is. And they will give Dak Prescott every opportunity to put up these numbers every single week because they cannot stop anybody. So Dak, I'm talking about him just because of his the standpoint of his performances. You're going to start him if you have him. One angle I want to throw on here is he could be a very good candidate to sell high now. Sure, is he going to put up these kind of numbers every single week? Probably not every single week, but he will have other games that are like that. He is going to score for you, but you might be able to get something for him that you may never be able to get again. You might be able to get a top-flight running back for this guy if somebody needs a quarterback. Just think about that. If you can parlay a top quarterback into a top running back, see what you can do. See if you need a wide receiver. See if you can't trade Dak Prescott for Michael Thomas. Get Michael Thomas on your team and maybe even a running back for Dak Prescott and somebody on your bench. Just something to think about if you need uh, the help. And we'll finish up the studs talking about Tom Brady. One week after I called him a city goes off. But still, and I was wrong, um, this is not a sign of things to come, at least not in my opinion. It was great to see Brady, you know, throwing the ball around and and doing some things that he used to do. It was more game script uh, dictated this time. This was the Tampa Bay that you saw Jameis Winston throw a million times. They were down early to uh, a team that, honestly, was getting hurt. They have a rookie quarterback. But anyway, the Chargers were on top for a good portion of the early part of this game. So Tampa Bay had to throw the ball quite often. And Brady found you know, Mike Evans and, and, you know, and, and he also found a couple of the other wide receivers, one in which I'll talk about on the waiver wire, uh, portion. So Brady did finish the day, 30 completions, 365 yards and five touchdowns. Great game. No doubt about that, but do not expect this to be a weekly thing. If you have a Brady or a, a Brady or a Patriot truther or just somebody who is in love with the fact that this happened, he might be somebody else that you could trade and get more than what he's valued at. Just a consideration. For those of you out there who run a business, you're most likely using an outdated website if you even have one set up at all. That's where Bove Design comes into play. Rob and company have the tools and expertise to set your business up for success. Don't just take my word for it. Follow them on Instagram at bove.design, that's B-O-V-E dot design, and you can see their custom work firsthand. 
You can also check out my sharp new logo as well when you've uploaded or downloaded this podcast as it was made courtesy of Bove Design. So make sure you hit Rob, the owner, up on IG. Throw him a follow. Check out his work. If you're looking for graphic design work, web design, or even a custom logo like the one I have. Now for the duds. Kenyon Drake for the Arizona Cardinals. And I don't usually like to add injured players to the duds list. However, this one is fully warranted in my opinion. He was well on his way to a dud performance when he suffered the chest injury in the fourth quarter during their loss to the Panthers. And this year, he's been far from a superstar. And I was high on the Kenyon Drake bandwagon. I really was. And my apologies. If if any of you, and Miles, I'm looking at you, because you and I had this conversation. If, if I oversold him in any way, my apologies. I could not have been more wrong about Kenyon Drake and the situation out there in Arizona. That said, at the time of his injury, he had only totaled 35 yards on 13 carries, and he was held without a catch. Prior to week four, his production had been dropping every single week from a very solid week one, where he put up 14.1 fantasy points. He hasn't seen anywhere near that since then. Single digits are not going to get it done by a starting running back on your fantasy team. So even if he dodges a bullet here with an injury, I think it's time, if you have him on your team, you need to start looking elsewhere. Dud number two, Zach Ertz. In a game where the Eagles were missing almost every offensive pass catcher on their roster, Ertz manages four catches for a whopping nine yards. Dallas Goddard wasn't in this game. Deshaun Jackson was not in this game. Alshon Jeffrey still hasn't returned from his injury. I don't know what's going on there with Ertz. I, I don't know. All I can tell you is you drafted him to be in the top five amongst tight ends. That's where he was going. And I said it at the time, and, and so it's not really where I'm second-guessing anything. I didn't like him going that early then. I certainly now don't like uh, the fact that you're stuck with that. So you're going to have to try to figure things out. You can't cut him because you drafted him so high, and things could change there. However, if there is a Dalton Schultz or a Mo Ali Cox on your waiver wire, then you may want to stream for a week or two until Ertz can prove that he can be fantasy relevant for you because he has not been, he has not done so that much this year. And this was a game where he really should have brought it, and he, he brought you nine yards. So just something for you guys to consider. Dud number three, Tyler Lockett, coming off of a 100-yard, three-touchdown performance against the Cowboys. Again, a product of that bad defense. Lockett plummeted way back down to mortality here with only two catches for 39 yards. Russell Wilson still threw for 360 yards, so the expectation should have been greater here for Lockett. However, it was uh, DK Metcalf with the huge day here and David Moore. Uh, also had three catches for 95 yards and a score. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Lockett's been solid and really good all year, and Wilson looks like he's going to continue to throw the ball. So you trot him back out there, wide receiver one, until he proves you otherwise. Um, he will hope to rebound, of course, week five against a suspect Viking secondary. I expect him to do so. Dud number four, Daryl Henderson. 
it looked like Henderson had become the main cog in this Rams rushing attack. Cam Akers had been out. Malcolm Brown was nursing a finger injury. This was a very good matchup against the Giants defense that has been run over this season. Um, But still, Henderson totaled a whopping 22 yards on eight carries. Well, okay, so let's dissect this a little bit. The Rams overall didn't look that good in this game. They really didn't. But eight carries for 22 yards is, you know, that's a, that's not even three yards per carry. And Cam Akers is going to be returning soon, we think. We don't know. Malcolm Brown is still here, and it's just a muddy opportunity. Henderson isn't somebody you can count on. I was hoping that he would emerge here as the guy. I really was pulling for him. But this is not a good sign. And it's you're at the point now where unless you're 4-0, and it, these are pivotal games where you can't be messing around by trotting somebody out. That's why I made the trade I made, which I'll talk about at the end of the uh, end of the podcast because I'm curious what you guys think, and I'll tell you about it then. Um, but as of right now, Daryl Henderson is he's the final guy that I'll talk about in regards to duds this week. Now, before we hit the waiver wire and talk about some of the hot uh, commodities for this week. I do want to tell you guys about another podcast that I also like to listen to. It's a down-homey feel with some lemonade and some nature and just a, a nice conversation, and it's Porch Time with Ms. McKinney. Basically, it's about faith, it's about understanding, it's about adapting, and it's about positivity. It is, it's, it's unlike anything that I have ever heard, and it's very un- enlightening. You guys will enjoy it. it. They're short as well. You can find them anywhere that podcasts can be found. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Definitely uh, check it out. You can check it out on Facebook at Porch Time with Miss McKinney, and you can also follow her on Instagram at Ms. Porch. So make sure you guys check her out. It is definitely worth it. Like I said, it's not a very long podcast either, and you guys will definitely enjoy it. It's a good way to relax. Pour yourself some lemonade, chill out, and hang out on the porch. Alright, so let's go ahead now and talk about these waiver targets, and we might as well start in Cleveland where Nick Chubb is going to miss multiple weeks here with an injury, and Dearness Johnson looked good. Um, he looked really good in relief um, of of Chubb. Now, make no mistake about it. Kareem Hunt should get the majority of the touches here in the backfield as Chubb has been ruled out now for several weeks. However, Johnson did show enough Sunday that he, I believe, will be relevant in this offense. They like to use multiple running backs, so that is something that you can look at as well. They've done so very well with Chubb and Hunt, so he is worth an add, especially if you need running back help. Just make sure that you understand he is not going to get Chubb's workload. It's most likely going to trickle down the other way. He get, he'll get he get more of what Kareem Hunt was getting before, as Hunt will get the lion's share here, as he is a proven guy who has been a three-down workhorse in the past. Chase Edmonds, another interesting ad. A lot of people have him already, whether it's as a guy on the bench, kind of an Alexander Madison type, or if he is a handcuff to Kenyon Drake. I don't know. It really just depends. But as far as 
uh, Chase Edmonds goes, he is worth a look in a speculative ad, especially if Drake misses some time. Drake hasn't been great anyway, and Edmonds performs. He's involved in the passing game. He can be productive between the tackles as well. So even if, like I said, even if this is temporary... Um, it, he's worth adding, but there is a chance that he could steal the job away if he performs well, as we've seen this happen before in Arizona. I mean, just ask David Johnson. It happened to him last year. Justin Jackson for the Los Angeles Chargers. The injury to Austin Eckler looks bad. It could be a season ender. We just don't know. Several weeks is minimum here. So, it's not going to be the Joshua Kelly show as a three-down workhorse. They don't operate that way in Los Angeles. So Joshua Kelly will get some help from Justin Jackson. That being said, the split here should go in Kelly's favor. But if you pick up Justin Jackson, you're getting half of that. And you've seen how they've been used. This week is not a good example. Neither of them had any real... Um, real success, but that's against a Tampa Bay defense that is very stingy in giving up uh, uh, running back uh, points to the running back, uh, first downs, running between the tackles. They're, they're a very good team when it comes to defending against that. Justin Jackson is definitely somebody that you should be looking to add this week if he's on your waiver wires. It really just depends on your overall desperation He's not somebody that if you have the first pick in your draft, and uh, first pick on waivers, for example, and you are 3-1 and one and you don't need a running back, then you don't want to do it. But if you need a running back and you just lost Austin Eckler or you lost Nick Chubb or whoever, then why not take a, take a stab at it? He may end up being the most valuable of everybody here uh, in the long run, but time will tell. Traquan Smith. I want to talk about Smith here because there is no scenario in which he should be available off of waivers. Absolutely no scenario. I mentioned back before week two that he was a must-add in the absence of Thomas because eventually he's going to be the go-to guy. Sanders is great and he'll perform, but he's not the Michael Thomas type receiver. Traquan Smith has always had that talent there. He was my beat-the-waiver-wire target a few weeks before he popped this week. Now, it might be too late. People may already have him. He may not be on waivers, but he still qualifies as he's not on enough teams because he had a poor performance last week. Michael Thomas will most likely return soon, but consider this. The Saints have one more game coming up before they are on bye, so they may sit Thomas this week, and then go on their bye. So if you can get Traquan Smith this week, and he is their number one wide receiver in this game, then that is something worth doing, and I would do it if you could, just to see what uh, can happen here. You saw that Drew Brees has no problem throwing it to him. So yeah, he's locked and loaded as a wide receiver two slash flex. Dalton Schultz, another beat-the-waiver-wire guy of mine from a couple of weeks back. Now, the past three weeks, Schultz has caught 17 passes for a total of 208 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Dak Prescott throwing the ball all over the place like we mentioned earlier. Owning a tight end in this type of prolific offense is an absolute must. Sure, you could have Travis Kelsey, or you can have George Kittle, or you could have Mark Andrews. If you don't have any of the three of them, then Schultz should be on your radar, period, 
End of story. Am I saying he's going to finish fourth to those guys? No, I'm not. But I'm telling you that you do not have a tight end option that is guaranteed on your team, and this guy can absolutely outperform any of those at any given time. He was instrumental in the trade I made, which I'll talk about in a couple of more minutes. Once I, I want to hit a couple of more waiver wire spots, and then we'll double back to Schultz, and I'll talk to you guys about the trade I made. Scotty Miller. I alluded to this earlier when talking about Brady. He has that connection with Miller. Miller has 166 yards receiving the past two weeks on eight receptions. With Chris Godwin out, in Tampa Bay, he he really has emerged now as one of Brady's favorite guys, one of his go-to guys. I expect him to put up somewhere between 10 and 12 fantasy points each week. That's a safe floor for you, and if he can get a touchdown at any point, then that is a very respectable ceiling. He, he is a wide receiver three or flex option, but at this point in, in time where you have COVID and you have um, injuries and you have a lot going on here, you're going to need wins. This is somebody that has a really solid floor that you could put in as a flex play. It's all about now treading water and making sure that you don't lose. Yeah, you want to go out there and win, but you don't want to take chances either. He's a safe guy for you. And we'll wrap up the uh, waiver wire additions with Tim Patrick. And he might be forgotten since Thursday seems like an, an eon ago now, and it was the Denver Broncos against the Jets. However... He had a 113-yard performance on Thursday night, and not much is being made out of Patrick, to be honest. He's a former undrafted free agent back in 2017. He's been a, a practice squad journeyman type of guy. But he showed the Broncos and Vic Fangio the other day that he can be this go-to guy in the offense. Sure, Jerry Judy's the bigger name there, and he should get more of the attention, even from defenders. But... Brett Rippon did show that he and Patrick have a chemistry, and that and that could pull itself into something that, that could be beneficial to your team. It just might be worth an ad if you need wide receiver help. Everyone else will be targeting other players this week. A lot of who I mentioned before, the running backs, for example, Traquan Smith if he's still out there, Dalton Schultz if you're smart. Tim Patrick could be somebody that you wait until Wednesday and set your alarm a little early, get up right after waivers clear, and just boom, pluck them and grab them. That way you don't waste your waiver priority, and you can just drop dead weight, which I'm sure that you have. We all have dead weight on our teams. Now, I, like I said, I did want to mention a trade that I made. So what I did was I had I have Ezekiel Elliott as my running back one, and my running back two core is the likes of Naeem Hines, was Tariq Cohn before he got injured. And, I mean, I have Alexander Madison on my bench. I have Tony Pollard backing up Ezekiel Elliott. The only other person that I have of any interest was Latavius Murray. Now, Murray just had a good game this week. And, and, and I knew that was coming eventually for him. But Murray's not, unless Kamara gets hurt, Murray is nothing more than really a high-end handcuff. He does have his own value. But I... He wasn't getting me enough production as as a uh, a running back, too. I needed a running back, too. I also needed a wide receiver for my flex since Christian Kirk ended up out for the season. I have Mike Evans. I also have Calvin Ridley. And I had Travis Kelsey. So I picked up Dalton Schultz last week um, after waivers cleared. Nobody picked him up. Put him on my bench. Then I shopped around Travis Kelsey. I ended up trading Kelsey and Latavius Murray for Deontay Johnson and Miles Gaskin. Yes, I know. 
that sounds ugly on uh, as I say it. But this is why I always tell you when you're going to make trades, look at what benefits your teams. Kelsey and, and Schultz, yeah, of course, Kelsey's the number one or number two tight end, hands down. But Schultz is performing. Schultz got me more points this week than Travis Kelsey got me last week. So, yeah, I don't expect Schultz to get me the same production, but if they could be within five to, to six points of each other, that's worth it to me because I upgraded my uh, wide receiver core substantially by, you know, um, I had a mix of Larry Fitzgerald and uh, Preston Williams, and they're just not getting it done. Deontay Johnson is a guy in Pittsburgh getting 12, 13 targets a game. He's only in the concussion protocol, so his injuries, hopefully, not all that serious. And then Miles Gaskin is a guy that's getting the majority of the carries in Miami. Is he going to be, you know, a top 10 running back? No, he is not. However, he is definitely not going to be somebody that kills me. He is a solid floor guy that I'm putting as my running back too. So hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think. You could bash it if you want. I don't care. Hit me up at FFKnowItAll. Email the show, knowitallfantasyfootball at gmail.com. I am happy with the trade I because I do have that run uh, that uh, tight end that I can feel comfortable with that won't kill me. So, again, let me know what you think of that. I know that my former podcast partner, Donnie, did not like it. But then again, I did what I needed to do for my team. I'll let you guys know how it plays out. I won this week. I can't lose at this point. Uh, I'm ahead. He's got nobody else going, and I have a guy going tonight. So this is in the League of Goons, of course. So that's going to do it, everybody. I want to thank all all of you for taking the time to give the show a listen. I honestly do hope that you come away with information that will help you in your quest to win your fantasy leagues. Um, I mentioned it a couple of seconds ago. Please hit me up on Twitter at FFKnowItAll or email the show at KnowItAllFantasyFootball at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. Feedback is what makes the show grow and it grows more and more each week. So I welcome your thoughts and your questions, your comments, everything. If you have not done so, please go out there and give me a rating. And I want to remind all of you that the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast is a proud member of the Skull King Podcast Network. Skull King Sports is the newest and most comprehensive sporting website online. Check it out for all of your... Major four sports needs, your your Major League Baseball, your NBA, NHL, and NFL action, of course. You can check it out for golf and tennis and MMA fighting and all of the racing. Horse racing is also featured on Skull King Sports, so make sure you check it out. There is also a section for fantasy football. You can see my ratings on there as well. That is www.skullkingsports.com. Com. And don't forget the hashtag Steelers to check me out for all of my articles on my beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. We have new listeners out there this week, so I want to give a huge thank you and shout out to all of you. And, um, you know, I appreciate you checking out the podcast. For those of you who have been here from the beginning, you all know who you are. I could not have gotten this far without you, so you guys are the absolute best. Kevin, Chris, and Temi, thank you for the music. Matt Bacon for the original colors. Thank you so much. And Rob and company at Bove Design, I appreciate the logo so much, guys. I will take off for now. I'll, I'll, I ran my mouth long enough. 
you guys have a great couple of days. I will talk to you guys again on Thursday when we recap the Monday night games, and we will talk about Thursday night football. Never forget the day.